0: Welcome to the PR Moment Podcast, produced in association with the Marketeers Network.
1: Welcome to the PR Moment Podcast. In a change to the normal career stories format, this week we're talking to Will Sturgeon, who's Head of Content and Thought Leadership at PwC. The use of content in B2B markets, I reckon, is an under-discussed theme, but it's definitely worth talking about, bearing in mind the fairly specific nature of B2B target audiences, how the sales funnel works in most organisations, and the often, dare I say it, fairly dry, serious nature of B2B content. Clearly, in recent years, the game has changed for businesses in this area, but things have definitely matured and rapidly improved, and Will is here to give us his perspective into this quickly evolving area. As I said in my intro, Will is currently Head of Content and Thought Leadership at PwC, which he joined in December 2018. Prior to this, he was Executive Director at Golan, and before that, he worked Agency Side at Harvard and Lewis couple of quick plugs as ever from me um, we put together what i reckon is the best program i've ever seen for a comms event discussing purpose you'll hear from in-house experts about how they're embedding purpose at the heart of their businesses how they've got their birds to give them a purpose budget so to speak and why purpose does get an roi for businesses all the details on the homepage of prmom.com finally thanks as ever to the pr moment podcast sponsors the prca will welcome to the show.
0: Thank you very much. Good to be here
1: now, just talk me through um some of the set piece content pieces that that you do at p w c we do We do a
0: lot of content um, across an organization as as large as ours i mean p w c is 22,000 people in the UK. We've got 900 partners. We've got a lot of different parts of the business. Now, each of those parts of the business wants some kind of marketing support. They want content. They want to be getting their messages out there. So across that, you can imagine we have a lot of content going out. We do have some significant set pieces throughout the course of the year. We've recently launched our 23rd annual CEO survey. That's obviously 23 years. 23 years. 23 years of what CEOs have been... Thinking, worrying, doing with their businesses. Has it,
1: has it changed much? Are CEOs always worried about the same sort of stuff? Or is it, uh, the, 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 those longitudinal studies are always quite interesting, aren't they?
0: I think one of the things that we see with that is, of course, you're looking for what some of the differences are. Right. But if you think about that period of time, what somebody's considerations or concerns might be about technology, while you have a consistent theme perhaps of technology, what those technologies yeah. are has changed. You know, sure. We've seen an increase around things like AI over the past couple of years, whereas previously it might have been about the sort of applicability of cloud or whatever it might be. Um, and also you're looking at some of those consistent concerns about external issues such as the economy and things like that. You can imagine, as we sort of saw quite clearly in this year's report, CEOs are concerned about economic uncertainty and, sure. and some of the challenges that they're facing. I don't think those have ever necessarily not
1: been around, but perhaps the it extent to which dials up and down. Sure. Sorry, I interrupted. You said the, the surveys, the, the, the content business you do, you've got the CA survey, which is obviously a big one. and, and the others.
0: Yeah, we have the CA survey. We have things like the UK Economic Outlook, yeah. which gets a lot of media pick up. I think lots of people are interested in the sort of perspectives mm-hmm. that we can offer around that. We also see um, annual reports around things like uh, Women in Work Index. We've done a lot in recent years around... Issues such as gender pay, ethnicity pay, looking at how prepared organisations are for that. So, the sort of the, the, the rotor of content, if you like, is there are some set pieces, the hotels forecast we've done for many, many years. Right. Um, but so then, have also sort of
1: Vertical sector specific ones, but also ones that sort of cross sector, if you like. So in terms of economic outlook and CEO survey, everyone's going to be interested in that.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. And that reflects the the structure of our organization we have lots of industry specialisms looking at issues particular to those industries and we have that sort of horizontal view if you like of
1: what is business you know dealing with at the moment and you started in December 18 yeah so i i'm just trying to work out what how how does it how does it work do you do you try and sort of grab control of all of that stuff i mean you it's too big isn't it for 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 one man or one department to try and um, um, logistically sought. So, so I mean, how do you, what, what do you, how do you approach that? So it's, it's a good question.
0: I mean, as you say, I came in. What do we know about sort of 15, 16 months ago? And part of my role was to try and sort of get my head around the sheer volume of content that we're putting out. Um, it doesn't fall, you know, as you, as you say, sort of to, to one man. I mean, I've got a, a team, and my team are part of quite a large marketing operation at PwC, but. It was very much a case of trying to look at the sheer quantity of content we were putting out, looking at perhaps where there might have been issues of fragmentation. Were we talking about similar issues in two different parts of the business? How could we bring those together? So it wasn't about sort of coming in and, you know, there's a new sheriff in town and everything's going to change here because I think you'd probably fall on your face very quickly you, you, if you, you wouldn't be there anymore <laughs> if you took that approach i think you have to come in and and get the pace of the organization understand the different priorities understand why some of those long-standing piece of content have been done the way they are and hopefully over time start to look for opportunities to to improve them to look at new ways of working to start to sort of institute some some ideas that hopefully will help everybody sort of work towards Potentially less content, but definitely high-quality content, which everybody should always aspire to.
1: And I just, so I'm just, just trying to work out... Sorry to... But the details, I think, are quite interesting and, and be interesting to readers, to listeners, I should say, is that... So, clearly, you have a bunch of, I'm sure, extremely talented but very opinionated partners who are representing or have an interest in producing a piece of content in their in their niche, if you, if you like. Um, so they're the experts... Um, if you like, uh, and then you have. You have you, so, how does that process work? Do you have agencies? You've got your team. You've got the the partners. You've got um, experts below the partners. How, how does how does the whole orchestra work? It's, it's a very good question.
0: One of the things that we've seen over the last sort of year and a half or so um, is we've gone through something of a marketing restructure. We've right. created what we're what we're calling perhaps rather grandly, a marketing centre of excellence. And that breaks down across content, digital campaigns. And that's a centralised... It's a centralised okay. sort of hub of marketing professionals because the recognition was, exactly as you've outlined, we've got brilliant partners all over the organisation, all with things that they want to say. And we had lots of relationships with agencies, freelance writers, all creating content across the organisation, but not necessarily always passing through a sort of okay, central so, point so, of control. So they might
1: have a relationship with a partner in a certain specialism and, and never actually come by you guys, in effect.
0: Right. Yeah. So what we've tried to address is bringing everything or as much as possible into the centre, not with a view to sort of control freakery, but I think obviously if we can understand what is it that everybody wants to be talking about, perhaps join some of those dots between different perspectives on the same issue to hopefully sort of provide a richer experience, because often we're going out to the same audiences as well. Right. Sometimes it's vertical specific, sometimes it's, you know, C-suite executives, that sort of thing. So making sure that we're taking every opportunity to not only bring a bit more consistency and coherence to the content that we're producing, but also hopefully showcase the breadth of PwC, because lots of people know us for specific things, lots of probably lots of people probably think of us as a big accountancy, not not unreasonably. But um, therefore, if we can look for opportunities to seed in some of those other perspectives, some of those other views, opinions, work going on in other parts of the business, to create a richer experience for those audiences, then you know hopefully it's more interesting for those audiences. But it's also beneficial for us as we look to get out this understanding that PwC perhaps isn't just a bunch of accountants.
1: Okay, I guess sort of related to that theme, it seemed to be. I think it's still, it's still, it's definitely still a theme. But a couple of years back, the idea that it wasn't this whole B two B, B two C thing was 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 less relevant than a, thinking of things as a P two P. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and I, I remember thinking at the time that I was kind of correct to an extent. Um, but I, I, I always think that they try and think about these things or empathise as a, how I behave and. I, I look at different things in a work context than I do at home. Naturally enough, I'm sure everybody does. So, how do you take that sort of reality, that empathy, uh, and and work with it when it comes to producing the right type of content that's going to engage the, the different audiences that you have? Do you take? Do, 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 is it different in B2B than it is in B2C, or is it? You know, how does it?
0: I don't think so. I think. It, okay. I mean, so it's a really sort of easy answer, perhaps, but you know, good content is what works. You know, I don't think it matters whether you're producing it for a a consumer audience or a business audience. I don't think anybody gets into a sort of business mindset and thinks, all right, I'm now willing to compromise on the quality of the content. I'm happy for it to be dry. I'm happy for it to be sort of heavy going and unnecessarily sort of complicated. So our first priority has to be to creating good content. Now, I think sometimes from that point on, there are some differences you know if we think that perhaps we're looking to help people inform the business decisions they're taking then perhaps the importance of some empirical data some evidence some greater sort of grounding in in fact bringing to the fore client case studies testimonials interviews with other people from our business networks and and that sort of thing those things will perhaps be more specific to the b2b content but that commitment to making sure that it's still interesting, engaging, entertaining where possible, you know, as I say, it doesn't need to be dry. I think all those things still stand true. And I think what we're starting to see are perhaps some learnings from the consumer world. I think B2B podcasts, you know, we're sat here in a fantastic podcast studio at the moment, these things aren't just about, you know, that Peter Crouch podcast, or my dad wrote a porno or whatever. Mm. There is a real valid channel here for business communicators. But you
1: Still have to think how do we make this interesting? Sure, I think I'm the only person in the country who doesn't like the Peter, Peter Crouch podcast, but I, <laughs> I just find it inane. But anyway, um, just on that, um, what sort of mix of, of content are you guys, do, do you produce and what works? I suppose it is, is the answer, it depends. But I'm just thinking, yeah, how much of the content is text, audio, video? Have you have you sort of Got some lessons there that, in terms of what works for, for different types of people?
0: Yeah. I mean, we still write a lot of words. You know, it's it's still how a lot of is people that, want to that get there. Is that out of habit or is that...? Is that uh... I think it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good challenge. I mean, I think some of it is habit. I think, you know, I've mentioned some of our sort of repeat re- uh, reports. And, yeah. you know, a lot of them have a very loyal following. They have a lot of value. We see that value and we're getting better and better by the year at measuring it. But some of it is sometimes because it's what we've done. I don't think that's speaking on behalf of PwC. I think it's speaking on behalf of marketing and communicators in general. The, Just the, the internet putting out is full words, of
1: corporate white papers that that may or may not have been read. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. But, but,
0: but video, audio, they are increasingly important to us. And I think mm. that variety is important. We're speaking to quite large, quite varied audiences a lot of the time, not just varied in terms of their industries or their roles or things like that, varied in terms of they're all individuals. Everybody wants different content, different content types. Some people want short form, only short form. Some people only want it on their mobile phone. There are some people out there who still want to print off a 40-page report and Mm. read it and devour it. There are some people who want to scan the same report and just cherry-pick the stats or the quotes that they want to drop into their own presentation or their business case. You have to provide that variety. And it's not
1: binary either, is it? Sometimes the video... You find something via the video or something like that, and then you then you go and find out the specific bit that you absolutely want. Do you know what I mean? So it's not like these things are... Uh, it's not either-or. Uh, no, absolutely. I mean, I think breaking
0: a big report down into key findings, the executive summary, giving people that sort of bite-sized chunks of a... Of a piece of research may often be the thing that steers them towards the research and that's also about understanding the sort of interlinks between the different channels you know you don't just have someone who comes to your website and gets their content there they will jump from channel to channel they might follow us on twitter they might follow us or a lot of our people on linkedin so you need to think about how you can often make the same piece of content work across all of those channels so as you say it's not it's not binary it's about sort of spreading things in the most relevant way to the widest relevant audience.
1: That's, that's an interesting point. I was, I was going to come on to that later, but as you bring it up, the, the, the personal element of social media is really important with this stuff, isn't it? I mean, in a sense, do you see your role as sort of trying to provide the content toolkit, if you like, for your thought leaders, experts, to go and, I don't know... So their, so their, so so their networks, so their communities. If you like, is that is that do you kind of think of it like that, or is it because you've got that? I guess you've got that. Well, again, you've got a sort of central hub of content that comes from PwC, but actually, potentially, there's much more value in the individual networks. Is there hugely, hugely? I mean, I think authenticity
0: is one of those words that gets sort of bandied around and and used a lot, but I think that's also because it's it's important, and I think helping helping the the brilliant people we've got across the organisation use their networks, put themselves forward, grow their profile, helps us in terms of reaching those networks of people, but also putting a face on the organisation. I think one of the things that everyone within our organisation feels very strongly is the place has changed. It perhaps doesn't conform with a lot of people's perceptions of what PwC or perhaps others of the big four might be like, but you change those perceptions, I think, by getting your people front and centre. And we've seen with some of the campaigns that we've run where our people and their networks are our primary route, our primary channel to audience. That content actually works brilliantly, often better than it would if we were posting it primarily on one of our own PwC channels. Because people see the face. They see the face of the person who's sharing it on LinkedIn, on Twitter. And they see, well, that's also the person who's in the video. I feel like I'm dealing with a real person here. There's a bit of personality here and hopefully you do what you can and come back to your question about sort of toolkits. If you can help people understand, oh, here's the kind of language we can use and here's how we're telling this story, not with a not with a heavy hand, but hopefully just to give people a few sort of bit of a steer in terms of what they what they can say, how they can say it. And one of the things that I'm very keen on with my team isn't about getting our hands around every piece of content and making sure that we're producing it, because that's sort of be careful what you wish for, there's, there's not enough yeah. of us. But what I do want to do is help at least influence every piece of content that's going out. So that's providing sort of best practice guides for writing social media content, blogs. You know, we've got a, a big push at the moment on giving people sort of the the guidance they need to really make sure that those blog channels are working as hard as they can for us. And again, not because I want to sort of see every blog being written in a very sort of very similar style but helping people to sort of say okay well here's what i need it to be i need to be concise punchy Mm. making sure that we've got a clear viewpoint up top think about bringing that word count down a bit make sure there's one
1: author write it from a personal perspective for an organization of pwc size that is i mean that's a lot of work isn't it but i mean the mind boggles how you do that I, i agree with the concept but it must be a tough thing to do right yeah, it is. I mean, I think. Possibly impossible. I, I'm just trying to, just in terms of the, the, the sheer volume of stuff, but, but maybe not. I mean, how do you do it? Do you... Well, I think if I, if I take a specific example,
0: like the, the blogs, you know, we've got sort of um, 15, 16 or so blogs across okay. the organization, different industries, different so sectors, different actually. issues. Not, okay. that, right. not that many. Um, some more active yeah. than others. Right.
1: And it's a I case thought it might of, be loads more, so okay. No,
0: it isn't. I mean, it, it did used to be more, and we've been through a bit of a sort of rationalising exercise and that kind of thing, but it's making sure that, as I say, we're sharing best practice, and it's not a 40-page document that people are going to take one look at and decide I'll save that for another day. It's trying to make the points as sort of brief and digestible as possible. So just quick steer on as I say word length, one author, make sure it's personal, make sure there's a clear point of view in there. Right. Think about where you can link out to. And if you can just sort of seed that out, send it out through all of our sort of marketing teams who are working with the blog authors over time. Yeah. And we've only been sort of we've had this sort of latest push in place for so a couple of months now, and already we're seeing a big change right. in terms of adherence to some of those guidelines. And adherence sounds quite a sort of harsh <laughs> word. But you know, just helping helping bring that consistency right. to bear. Sure. But then there is the sort of social media side of things, and absolutely people are encouraged to, you know, use those channels for themselves, you know, right. have your say on something. It's I think in the past some organisations and again I'm not speaking for PWC here, but People were very unsure where they stood with their employers. What can mm. I or can't I say on my social media profiles? So or yeah. as long as I put that views on my own, not those of my employer, I'm oh, golden. Yeah. But I think people now are realising actually there's huge value in helping, encouraging
1: employees, so, colleagues well, to use those channels. Yeah. So I mean, in essence, you want to produce the content and then they put their own twist or opinion to it, and it's that's what you want, presumably, yeah. isn't it?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And we're a people business, so. Our people are kind of, you know, the vast majority of, of where we where we do our business. Yeah, it's, right. So being able for people to you know, put a face on it, show people there's a bit of personality here. These are the people who are going to walk through, your, through the door when you engage with us. It's important. I think a lot of that sort of faceless communications yeah. of here's a logo and here's some sort of...
1: If all 900 it, partners put the same... Exactly the same text on their LinkedIn feed—it's not going to look so good, is it? <laughs> um, now, when you're doing all this content, what are you? What are your objectives from it? Is it—is it reach, shared voice, new business? I mean, new business is pretty, pretty transparent in in businesses like PwC very often, isn't it? Or is it just better client relationships? What is there? You know, is there a priority?
0: It's—it's it's any or all of those things. Because I mean, as I alluded to earlier, we've got very different parts of our organization some more mature than others i think you know as i say people people think about pwc they think about accountancy there's parts of our business where we're doing fantastic stuff in ai and blockchain and drones and things like that people would not think unless they'd met us and spoke to us about that that's probably something pwc does so Mm. with some of those areas awareness raising is a huge part of it now if that brings in leads, we're not going to say, no, no, go away, this was, this was awareness raising, but often that might be the priority. With other parts of the business where it's more mature, where we think there are more customers further down that funnel, it's probably going to be lead gen, driving consideration, those those sorts of things. But also often those things coexist. There will be people who already know us for some of the areas where we've got a bigger focus on awareness raising. So you need to think, well, is the activity that we're sort of creating... Tailored to different people
1: at different stages of the funnel, so it's it is kind of all things. All right. And does it? I mean, I I'm just thinking about how PR agencies use content as in their, their own IP. Do, do you are you trying to get? Do you use something like the CEO survey to, for your partners to go and get face to face time with CEOs? I mean, is that, yeah. that that must be an application, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's it's obviously an important audience for a lot of our clients. I think it's a lot of uh, a lot of our clients will be interested in how they sort of. Benchmark against some of their peers. Yeah, people will be interested to see. Well, you know, great. I'm glad I'm not the only person worried about that, or I'm glad to see that we seem to be actually ahead of some of our cohort in addressing yeah. some of these issues. So it is. It's a great foot in the door for. Can we come in and talk to you about these findings? Right. Um, and it's proving very successful
1: in that regard as well. Now, just leaving the PwC specifics aside, I, I know you said in our in our pre-show chat that. Um you reckon there's a bigger opportunity now for branded content than, i don't know let's say five years ago but I just mean in the past mm. um and because that's been to it has been to a bit of a journey isn't it so i just I just wonder why or what you see as the opportunity now as opposed to previously i think uh, I think the opportunity is greater I think it's certainly
0: greater than it was a few years ago, and I think it's going to keep growing because it was interesting I was listening to one of your recent podcasts where you had Louise Turner on from Um, Edelman. And uh, I was speaking to some of the guys at Edelman recently about their their much-quoted trust barometer. And one of the things that comes out of that that I think creates a really interesting opportunity for brands doing their own content is the falling trust in media. Now, I think we could probably talk at length about, you know, I think lots of journalists probably shouldn't be tarred with the same brush and that sort of thing, but whatever the reality is, people feel perhaps less confident about getting the information they need from certain quarters of the media. And one of the other findings that I saw in that research is that people trust company experts. And I think while sometimes it may seem counterintuitive, companies have got an agenda, they've got, you know, they've got something they're trying to push, at least it's there, it's front and center. You know if you're getting information from a company that, you know, they're they're kind of wearing their agenda on their sleeve there. And they're also not necessarily presenting that information purely in the interests of getting traffic, getting impressions. They're not necessarily presenting that information in a way that's going to create risk to them because if they're looking to build long-term, meaningful relationships with customers, then there has to be a credibility to what they're saying. So I think there are opportunities for organisations to capitalise on the fact that people are willing to listen to their experts. I think there's also a risk in that, if you abuse that opportunity if you think oh people are willing to get company you know get information from brands let's push some rubbish their way you're very going to quickly going to lose them and they're probably not going to come back so it's not without its risks and it's not without its responsibility but i think if i you know i talk about some of those areas i've touched upon things like cybersecurity big growing focus for us and people are looking for honesty and clarity and they're looking for some answers Now, if we can start a conversation with them about that, and, of course, they can go and speak to other people. And a lot of our customers, all of our customers, they're smart people. They can go away and they can collate that information from multiple sources and come to their own conclusions, but they're willing to come and they're willing to consume that information, read those reports, read that research. And, you know, we invest a lot in research. We're presenting credible third-party data to people And they can use that and they can use that to help them inform their decisions. Of course, we're looking to also infuse that with our opinions and our insights and bring to the fore some of that personality I talked about earlier. But I think there is a huge opportunity here for brands to create, maintain and grow that relationship of publishing information, content to audiences.
1: And you said it there, but the the idea that brands should and indeed have an opportunity to to behave like publishers. It's been around a while, hasn't it? Um, where do you think we've got to on that? Uh, how many brands do you think are doing it well? And, and I suppose actually to, to what, to how far, because they can't, they almost can't become an actual publisher, can they be, or, or maybe they can, you know, because it, a publisher has that, that. um when I think of a publisher, anyway, I think of, of independence in a way that a brand is, is difficult for a brand to, to take that final step. But I, is that, I wonder where you reckon we are on that. Are we, uh, we, I think we're getting quite a long way down that road now, aren't we?
0: I think there are, uh, there are examples, as with everything, there's examples of people doing it well, there's examples of people doing it badly. But I think the, to your point about sort of perhaps getting into the specifics of a publisher and sort of an independent publisher and that sort of thing. I think the important part is more that sort of editorial mindset, Mm. making decisions about the quality of the content you're putting out, the value to the audience of that content, more of that editorial mindset. And I think what we're seeing is a greater awareness among brands that they need that. I
1: think... On their own channels, is that what you mean? Or on earned channels, or or both, actually?
0: or Yeah, both. Um, Because I think what we saw probably over the last 10 years is this sort of growing feeling that there was this opportunity to communicate directly with audiences. The growth of social media, of course, created that, and I think a lot of people saw that and they responded by thinking, brilliant, we've got this platform, we can say what we like. In the same way that I think people think, oh great, people want video, let's create video, without necessarily always making that connection with, but it's got to be high quality, it's got to give the audiences what they need where i think we've got to now is a lot more people investing in professionalizing the content that they're producing looking at the people that they're bringing in to do it uh looking at ensuring those people have the tools they need that there's the measurement in place to you know validate and refine what they're doing but this is a sort of natural maturation of of the sort of the, the sort of situation that we're in that you'd expect to see with anything that sure. sort of develops over time.
1: Um, I just think about your, your own channels for a moment. What, what do you find the most, most useful for your content? Sir? It
0: is a... You, you possibly expect me to say this, but it, but it is a real mix. Um, of course, our website is hugely important. All those big content set-pieces... Live on there. It's ultimately where people are going to come to find out more information, to find out the contact details, well, they, they presu- that they, sort of thing. They must but- have
1: huge SEO benefits, presumably, just in terms of you know put, putting in the various search terms and then um, go from there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, of course, we're looking to capitalise on that at all times. But also, it's important that we direct people there, right. and it's important that we're using our own channels across social media. As I say, it's important that we're helping people within the organisation. Use theirs. Also, looking at things like media partnerships, and some of those might be to engage a very specific audience. Right. So, if we're looking to reach, uh, you know, the general counsel audience for our legal services team, we may have a media partnership with the lawyer, for example. Right. And we we had something along those lines recently. Similarly, last year we had a big media partnership with the FT and the World Economic Forum. To get out uh, a lot of the work that we're doing with our strategy and business, which is the strategy side of, of PwC. Uh, similarly, I don't know if this perhaps conforms to everybody's definition of a channel, but those events, you know making sure that of we're course, yeah. feeding our content into the events that we're putting on or the epen- events that our partners are putting on, technology on. partners um, that we work with. So, again, it's about covering the bases and making those things complementary and thinking about the the customer journey throughout as well. And on the social
1: channel side, what what are the the two most significant ones for you?
0: The two biggies are are, are Twitter and LinkedIn. I mean, I think that's not to say that others aren't relevant. I mean, again, on an audience-by-audience case, it may be that, you know, Instagram, Facebook, there there are absolutely roles that those channels play but but twitter and linkedin is where a lot of the focus is and if you think about take linkedin as an example you know some of the targeting that we'll be looking to do some of those specific business audiences and and the the ability to do that is is obviously well, critical to and, and that's
1: on a paid media perspective presumably if you're targeting in that way right?
0: yeah absolutely um, paid is you know as, as i'm sure it is for most organization paid is a uh, an important part of that channel mix and that channel planning, and making sure that, you know, from a content professional point of view, I'd be the first person to say I want to make sure that we're giving the content we produce every chance to succeed and reach the right audience. And you know, paid is obviously a vital part of
1: that. Well, the, I guess the the bit to pay, it, the, the the cost to promote the, the 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 content through paid media is is very often or almost always far far less than it costs to produce the content in the first place isn't it so um...
0: and i think there's a need to to address that balance to think about what is the right balance i think we can all intuitively say investing all of your money in great content and hoping that mm. it sort of just benefits from some incredible word of mouth is unrealistic right. you know you need to make sure that you're giving content a, a big shove and if you are investing heavily in it You kind of need to back it to succeed, and that does mean putting paid budgets behind it as well.
1: Sure. Well, do you do that internally, or do you have an agency to do that? As it as it work? We work.
0: We we do work with a media agency um, who will help us on a lot of that and some of the media partnerships that I've mentioned, that kind of thing. But also at a sort of at a a tactical level, of course, it's the sort of thing that we can do um, ad hoc in house as well.
1: And just finally, one of the things I'd always imagined that you would use content for was to for recruitment. Perspective as well, which we haven't really talked about much. Is that is that something that you 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 tend to use content for to make sure you're you're getting the you're, you're getting the PwC name out there in in terms of the your, your next generation of employees, so to speak?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've sort of touched upon this a couple of times, but we're very aware some people's perceptions of, of PwC are probably slightly out of date, and that's nobody's fault, but ours if it's if it's anybody's fault, but. The reality is the organization's changed a lot. We're growing all the time. We're entering new areas. We're doing new exciting things with technology. And with that comes a need to attract new people and to help people understand, well, here's what we do. Here's what we do. Here's the sort of place we are to work. And our content has a huge role right. to play in that. Letting people know... Because it's a competitive space out there. Yeah. You know, If you think about some of those technology areas, it's an incredibly competitive space. You know, the, sort of, the, the war for talent in, yeah. in technology is huge. So we have to make sure that our content is working really hard to show people we're in this space, we're doing exciting stuff, and we're a good place to work. So, you know, content is, is hugely important, as is that mix of channels, making sure we are where people are looking. Brilliant.
1: Will Sturgeon, thanks so much.
0: Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the PR Moment podcast, produced in association with the Marketeers Network.
1: If you'd enjoyed the show, please do review us on iTunes and give us a decent rating.